Hey guys, Kirsten Ross, I am back with Launch and Scale. It has been a minute. Um, we have taken a break for about six months from publishing on the, con uh, the podcast. And I wanted to announce that we are officially back. And the intention moving into 2024 is to be posting one to two episodes per week. And there may be some overlap between YouTube and the podcast, but I want to get back to more audio-centric recording so that... I just really love the cinema experience and just being with you on your drive to work or wherever it is that you are going. So um, for those that have been around for a while, thanks for sticking with us. I know I've, we've had several questions on social and emails coming in asking, hey, when are you guys going to get back to the podcast? And so this is that official announcement. So let's kick off this episode with one of our hottest topics, which is that age-old debate of should you go to Kickstarter to launch that next product or should you do Shopify? Now, this version is slightly different from the content that we've published on this before because this is to help you make a decision for any launches that you're doing moving into the next year. As I'm recording this, we're getting into um, early December right now and we have effectively four to five weeks where you can get together your, your launch plans, your Q4 plans, Q1 plans, and just go and determine how you're going to get your product launched. And this will be relevant for you if you are an existing brand launching a new product line. It will be relevant for you if you are looking to get off Amazon and actually go omni-channel by building up a DTC presence. This is also relevant for you if you're just starting out and you're looking for a platform to do pre-orders. So let's get into how to make the decision easy for you in 2024 as to which platform you should pick. This is the Launch and Scale podcast, the home of some of the best e-commerce advice on the internet today. Whether you're launching your first product or scaling your existing storefront, we include conversations from industry experts, best practices, and practical tips to help you run a profitable e-commerce brand online today. I'm your host, Kirsten, and my mission is to create 107 figure brands by 2027. If you're going to be one of them, be sure to subscribe and not miss another episode. By the way, for more resources and information on how to work with us, go to launchandscale.co. Remember, that's .co, not .com. Apart from that, let's get into the episode. And if you're looking for a more comprehensive guide with this as also taking the quiz to help figure out for you which is the right platform, go to launchandscale.co and look at our Kickstarter versus Shopify ebook. So before I get into it, I also want to preframe where we're coming from at this. So I have really started my career in the Kickstarter space. So since 2015, you know, as of recording, this is like eight years ago now, crazy. Um, but I started my career helping people launch Kickstarter campaigns. And for five years, that was all I did was I helped bring multiple six-figure products to market, scaled those up to six seven, eight figure brands. Um, and Kickstarter was really the bulk of our success online and the projects we took on. But, if, you know, fast track and I'm, you know, skip the gory details here, but fast track to today. Now we've largely stepped away from Kickstarter um, for reasons that if you are really interested, you could check out one of our most popular videos on YouTube, which is three reasons I recommend you reconsider Kickstarter. Um, 
and definitely check that out. Um, but in saying that, we started our career Kickstarter-centric, and I love the platform. But with COVID, brought some significant online changes that actually changed the way that I viewed product launches and um, risk tolerance and a few other factors we're getting into in this episode. But moving away from Kickstarter, um, we really started to just go straight to building brands. And what I mean by that is launching products on Shopify itself or your own website so that you have a platform and channel that you fully control um, and not having to go through a third party like Kickstarter first. So confidently selecting your launch platform, it is all about understanding um, what each is going to take and what is the outcome that you are looking for. The Kickstarter model is one that I like to look at as a high risk, high reward platform where the potential for upside is huge. You generally go to Kickstarter wanting to raise a minimum $100,000, but then you look at some of the all time most funded campaigns and those are north of $50 million. And you look at that and you're like, why would I wanna use any other platform? And when it goes into understanding the mechanics of Kickstarter and what go into a launch, there is a reason I say it's high risk, high reward, where you have the potential payoff to be significant, but what is usually not understood when you first start looking into launching products is the upfront investment of time resources required to actually get up a campaign and go. So the other side is we are presenting another option, which is more the, the safer choice. And it's for those that are more risk averse, but want to see ROI significantly faster. And that is just taking your product straight to Shopify and launching it, whether that's doing a pre-sale campaign where you take um, payment for orders in advance and then you deliver those orders six weeks, in, six to eight weeks in the future um, or not. But essentially you just go straight to the consumer and start building up your own channel um, that way. So those are the two options we're going to present today. Um, when I look at sitting down with someone to help them figure out, hey, you know, which one do, do we think is right for you? There are three considerations I like to look at. The first consideration is looking at your, what we call your product platform fit. Product platform fit is where you, where Kickstarter a decade ago used to be that literally any idea would stick. Um, now we need to be launching products on Kickstarter that the Kickstarter audience is going to be in align with. The number one benefit of going to Kickstarter is that they have a community of backers or people that constantly look and search for products and buy those products. So Kickstarter is a marketplace that brings you the traffic very similar to Amazon.com, slightly different model. And with Kickstarter, in order to be able to launch your campaign and get 20-25% of your total um, pre-sales or your total um backer count from the Kickstarter audience, you have to make sure that your product aligns with the Kickstarter demographic. Otherwise, if you um, launch a, you know, let's say tutus for chihuahuas geared toward Gen Z moms, that is so niche that you're likely not going to find any traction on the Kickstarter platform with the Kickstarter audience and then, you know, say la vie. So looking at product platform fit, Let's take a look at what are some of the demographics on Kickstarter. So the products that, the product categories that do the best, you're going to have gaming, which is gonna be like board games, RPG, um, tabletop games. You're looking at um, design, 
Um, you're looking at tech, you're looking at wearables, um, you're looking for active wear. So any sort of like mainstream fitness product, um, backpacks, that's generally the direction that we look to go with Kickstarter. And in saying that, um, looking at Kickstarter, if you're not sure and if your product doesn't really fall in that category, what I would recommend is go to kickstarter.com and use the search bar or the discover bar and type in the kind of product that you're launching. For example, if you're launching a backpack, go to Kickstarter, um, search backpack and go through the first like three to four pages and see if they were successful, if similar products to you were successful. If so, that's a very good indication that Kickstarter might be a good option for you because your product fits the Kickstarter demographic, okay? Um, the other side of it though, is a lot of the times, you know, we've worked with products in the past that wanted to start on Kickstarter, but when we took a look at the demographics and validated that, uh, it was absolutely not a fit. So for example, we, um, we launched insoles for active men over 50 that struggled with um, very specific um, like pain on their foot. And looking at the Kickstarter demographic where it's more, people generally not struggling with that. And it's a younger demographic of say 25 to 45. Um, our demographic for this product was just a little too old for Kickstarter. So likely we wouldn't find our market there. We've also, um, you know, taken a, a diaper changing pad, um, and a, you know, a bottle that helps with breastfeeding, AKA series chill. And because these products were geared toward new moms or moms and parents in the early stage, like really the first year of life, that was too specific of a life stage for us to be able to capitalize on the Kickstarter demographic. So those are examples of products that hit it out of the park when we took it to Shopify, multiple six figure, seven figure brand. However, going to Kickstarter, generally not a great idea because you'd end up bringing all the traffic to Kickstarter and not being able to get really anything from the Kickstarter community. So you end up just giving Kickstarter their eight to 10% um, with everything just to sell on the platform and get really no benefit there. So those are a few considerations when we look at your product platform fit. All right, the second thing to consider is what are you willing to invest for that $100,000 launch? So this one's interesting because most people, when you just start looking into Kickstarter, don't realize the investment of money, resources, and time and expertise that needs to go into a Kickstarter launch. And this goes for any crowdfunding campaign on any crowdfunding platform. So going to Kickstarter, um, when you see that you wanna raise $100,000, the best way to fail on Kickstarter is to launch your product with no pre-launch, as in you haven't spent months building up awareness for this product and you've literally just gone to Kickstarter and we're like, hey, people buy my product, fund my thing. And it's just the fastest way to fail. So looking at understanding what goes into Kickstarter means that we need to understand how Kickstarter works. For you to, in the example of a $100,000 campaign, which our ebook goes through um, on the website, is we break down $100,000 and what that investment looks like. Now, if you're a brand starting from zero, and I mean, you don't have an email list at all, or maybe you know, you, you're only working with a couple hundred people on your list, maybe um, you have no social media presence, etc. And at this stage, you're just betting on friends and family converting. When you're looking at going to a campaign that's raising six figures, you need to build your audience up a lot 
to be able to hit the initial traction in order for Kickstarter's algorithm to pick you up. So the stats are, generally speaking, if you want to raise $100,000 for your Kickstarter campaign, within the first day of you launching, you need to bring in about twenty dollars to $25,000, more the better, um, but in orders, in order to trend to hit that $100,000 mark at the end of your Kickstarter campaign. Now, where did those sales come from? Well, they can come from friends and family. Um, generally speaking, though, if you're looking at an average order value of $100 to $150, that's a lot of units that you need to sell. So what we're relying on is building up your email list, your social media following through paid channels. And that's where the investment comes in. So you're easily looking at to bring a $100,000 campaign to life. You're generally looking at investing between twenty to 25000 just on your email list through paid ads to get the momentum going. And then there's additional ad spend throughout the campaign because really you're only selling when people are on your Kickstarter page. So you end up between the campaign video, agency fees, ad spend, you're very easily going to be spending between $80,000, $90,000 to fund a six-figure campaign on Kickstarter, and that's even before you pay for inventory. So that is understanding what goes into it. Um, so let's look at like why people do this. Brands, CEOs, founders will spend this money because it's a startup investment. What you're buying by going to Kickstarter and spending this money is you're buying an audience. You are, you know, you're getting hundreds of thousands of orders for a new product, you're getting that validation, and it's starting to really put your brand on the map. So when you look at what you're actually buying with this on the other side, um, that's actually, some people, some brands would consider this a very good deal. However, in my experience, I know that a lot of founders don't want to risk that much upfront because there's a lot of factors that go into this campaign actually working out. Um, we need, to, you know, there's no guarantee that your list is going to convert. And what if you're off on something or you don't hit your launch numbers, all of a sudden you've spent all of this money upfront that hasn't converted and suddenly you're scrambling because you, you haven't raised the initial amount that you needed to actually go to manufacture your product and bring it to market. And it's just this whole thing. And so while a lot of founders look at it as a risk reward, um, generally a lot of startups do not have $100,000 to put into a large campaign for a starter product. So in that case, this would lend them to looking at other avenues. Um, and so the thing to understand with consideration too, this is more of a like, is Kickstarter the model, the right fit for your risk tolerance and your model and kind of, you know, your goals. Um, and a lot of founders going into Kickstarter are not prepared to buy the very thing that they're buying until at the very end when they're like, wow, we lost so much money or, oh no, I didn't realize that we fell short of our goal. So now we have to hustle and find like, you know, plan B funding so that we can bring this to market, etc. So Kickstarter is great in a lot of ways, but my intention with recording this is for awareness to help you pick the right model that works for you. So on the flip side, what does it look like if we're like, all right, well, screw Kickstarter, let's go to Shopify. In the Shopify model, what it looks like is you can go straight to Shopify, open your web store and turn on paid ads and start to get orders pretty much right away. 
The big, big difference between Shopify's model versus a Kickstarter launch model is that because Kickstarter is a a marketplace, because Kickstarter has this algorithm that helps it decide which projects to favor versus not, you have to invest so much in building your audience for a Kickstarter campaign so that you can bring initial traction in to then hopefully line yourself up for a goal and to hit that that $100,000. Whereas with Shopify, because it's your own website, you if you don't want to, you actually don't need to spend any money building your audience. What I mean is you can build a website and start driving traffic to it. So yes, there are still paid ads. Yes, you're still investing. But the difference is that we're flipping the um, the ROI equation back where when you turn on paid ads right away, you get orders right away. And that's money you get within one week that you can then reinvest into ads, build your company, buy inventory, etc. Whereas with Kickstarter, when you're starting your marketing efforts three months out from launch, you're investing that 20 grand three months in advance of you hopefully getting any sales. So that is something that, you know, going to Shopify and launching, you're going to be able to get that proof of concept a lot faster. You're going to be able to get, see a return a lot faster um, and, and go from there. So because of that, the investment upfront to do a Shopify launch versus Kickstarter is significantly less. And again, if you want to see like that breakdown, go check out the ebook on our website for this. Okay, so um, just to summarize consideration number three, um, Kickstarter is great for high risk, high reward if you want the vanity metrics of a public launch like that. However, Shopify is more, if you're more risk adverse, you want more control of the process, um, that might be a very good channel for you. Okay, let's go to consideration number three. Fundraising goals and order quantities. Um, So by now, I've had hundreds of these conversations with founders who are like, I, 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 am, I feel like I'm stuck going to Kickstarter because I need, like my manufacturer is forcing me to do a minimum order of 5,000 units and that's going to cost $100,000. I just don't have that. So I want to really talk about this idea of large order volume and why we we should actually reconsider that. So in some industries, you absolutely cannot get away from large order volume. More often than not in the consumer goods space though, you don't need to start with a large order volume and here's why that actually might hurt you. So starting with the large large order volume on paper looks really favorable because the amount that you're paying per unit is healthy. Let's say you're looking at the difference between ordering 5,000 units of something and paying $8 per unit versus that same product, you look to do a small inventory run of 500 to 1,000 units and your cost per unit at that point is like $25, $35. It's a huge price difference. So a lot of founders are just going to think, I need to start with the larger order volume. Here's why I would love you to reconsider that. Let's say you do have 5,000 units and you order them. Generally speaking, 5,000 units is going to take you a minimum 12 months to move off your shelves. So let's say you invest the money into 5,000 units. You're not going to see a return on that for at least 12 months, which means that your startup capital is now tied up in inventory. And that's not a fun place to be. The other thing to consider is, okay, well, what if you start shipping out units of this new thing and customers are like, 
I like it, but I really wish it had this feature or oh, it just doesn't really fit my dog the way I want it to. Oh, could you add this? And you start to get some feedback back and the reviews are like fairly good, but they're like an average of 4.2 and you know you can make the product so much better. Unfortunately, you cannot make any adjustments to the product for that second or third inventory run until you sell out of those, those units. So while it is very attractive to look at your cost per unit at 5,000. I would love to encourage you to actually shop around, talk to manufacturers and get a quote for low, low order volumes. Um, because that is actually going to be the healthiest way to allow you to be more agile, um, make changes and not have an absorbent amount of capital locked in inventory that you will not see really back in your bank until you sell through that in, in 12 to 18 months. So I would love you to consider that. Um, the reason I've brought up large order quantity and to challenge your thinking on that is because large order quantity and thinking you have no choice but to buy that is the single reason why most people I talk to think that they have to do Kickstarter. But when you're able to get around that roadblock by talking to your manufacturer, shopping around, and you're able to order a smaller inventory run, that actually opens up the door for you to go to Shopify. Because at that point, should you be doing a pre-order campaign on Shopify or just buying inventory to sell it, um, it allows you to be more agile. So that's really consideration number three is really, really taking a look and seeing like, do you have to order a large order volume or is there a way to do this more bootstrapped? Because at the end of the day, when you don't need an MOQ of 5,000, you don't need to raise $100,000. So when you decrease how much your first round of inventory investment is going to be, it reduces the need for the amount of funding that you think you actually need to get this off the ground. So in conclusion, we just covered the three considerations to go through. Number one, does your product resonate with Kickstarter's demographic and popular categories? If so, great. That doesn't necessarily mean Kickstarter is the right fit for you because consideration two is all about, is it the right platform for you and your risk tolerance? Are you willing to invest significantly for the allure of a large scale public Kickstarter launch? And number three, do you prefer a controlled strategic approach with the potential for iterative growth that platforms like Shopify offer. So this is some food for thought. Um, we have a ton of resources at launchandscale.co, specifically our ebook, How to Confidently Select Your Launch Platform, which does include a quiz if you still are confused after this episode. And the third option, if you are ready to talk about your product launch and you'd like to explore the options between Kickstarter and Shopify a little bit more, definitely book a call with myself. You can go to launchandscale.co and just click on book now. And outside of that, um, thanks for listening. I'm really excited for the podcast to officially be back. And I would love to hear, um, hear feedback once we get a few episodes out. Okay. Talk soon. Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit subscribe on your mobile device. And for more resources and information on how you can launch and scale your e-commerce business online, be sure to go to launchandscale.co. And we've also got a ton of free actionable content available on TikTok and YouTube. Just be sure to go to either platform, search for Kirsten, my name, K-H-I-E-R-S-T-Y-N. Apart from that, we'll see you in the next episode.